you could ever need starting right hello and now. welcome to the water break the best late night sports show on 88.9 the bridge i'm mclean got will and Cy here with me virtually and we're here to bring you a four in four that's news from four sports in four minutes i'm gonna kick us off with some baseball news um there was some big uh splashy uh headlines made uh, earlier today, the St. Louis Cardinals brought back veteran pitcher Adam Wainwright on a one-year deal, um, and the Oakland A's announced that they would not be um, re-signing Marcus Simeon. Um, Simeon, he's uh, he's out of Oakland, so for all you local Mariners fans out there, that means that the AL West is now pretty much wide open. If Seattle uh, splurges in the free agent market, they could they could uh, you know make some moves towards that divisional crown that's eluded them for 20 some odd years. All right, now over to Will with hockey news. Yeah, it's actually been a really good week, at least for me in hockey. Uh, the Canucks going against Ottawa in the last couple of three games. I think they put up like 14 points and Ottawa only matched that with three. So they destroyed them every single one of those games. And they evened out their record now at five and five, which is really great to see. Uh, some notable players, I think Pedersen is hopefully starting to get going this year. He's got a couple goals under his belt now and looking to add on to that. We actually have a zero plus minus as a team right now, so we're completely even. Everything's even, the record's even, and hopefully this is going to be a new page for the Canucks and we'll get off to a little bit better start for the year because we were at like two and five or something like that. It was not looking good, so we really needed this. Puts a smack in the middle of our division. Over in the West, Knights... Avalanche are the two leaders of that one, very close together. Um, that's really not much of a surprise. Then you have over in the East, Caps and Bruins are leading that one with the Flyers and Penguins just trailing behind. Not much of a surprise there either. However, the Rangers have fallen to the bottom of that division with only two wins on the year, which is fairly surprising considering their new additions. And then over in Central, Blue Jackets leading, uh, trailed by Stars and Predators. Lightning actually fall into the bottom half of that division, which is somewhat surprising, as well as the Hurricanes. But I'm not too worried. I think those teams will bounce back. And I think we're going to have some good hockey this year. Anyways, on to Cy for basketball. Yeah, so in terms of basketball news, um, Hall of Famer John Chaney has died at 89. 
Uh, Greg Popovich has received the COVID-19 vaccine, and one player has tested positive in the latest COVID-19 test results. And some of the scores lately are uh, Portland, Portland, they lost to Houston, 101-104. to Los Angeles lost to Detroit, surprisingly, 107 to 92. Uh, Miami lost to the Clippers, 105 to 109. And Golden State lost to Phoenix, 114 to 93. And that's it for NBA News. All right. Now, in uh, football this week, I'm certain you've heard by now, but it's the Super Bowl next weekend. Yeah, uh, the. Tampa Bay Bucks are going to square off against the Kansas City Chiefs in what can only be described as one of the greatest quarterback matchups of all time. I mean, the ageless wonder Tom Brady, many considered to be the greatest of all time, versus Patrick Mahomes, a guy who's been lighting up the league, one season removed from an MVP where he set the passing touchdowns record. Um, a guy who almost threw for 50 scores again this year against only a couple of picks. This one should be insanity. I'm a, Sports media is likening this to uh, MJ versus Braun in the finals, and I don't see much wrong with that comparison. The outcomes of this game will be huge. Yeah, it kind of is. And I think this is just kind of a really cool, not, not quite a metaphor, but it almost shows how the tide, and we've talked about this in past shows, how the tide of old quarterbacks are being replaced with a bunch of new guys like Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and sort of the Brady, Rogers, uh, Breeze era is ending, and there's a couple other names in there too. So I think, I think if Brady can win this game, he will cement himself personally in my mind as the best quarterback of all time, which I don't know, I don't like Brady that much, but... If he can win this Super Bowl and add to his collection, I think got to give it to him. And then yeah. Mahomes obviously looking to go back-to-back. Back. These are two great teams, and I just can't wait for the game. If Brady yeah. wins, I think that's the general consensus, by the way. If Brady wins, he's the GOAT. If Brady wins, he'll still be my GOAT. Um, I think currently I uh, have for a long time defended Peyton Manning as the greatest to ever do it uh, because he was able to take a couple of different teams to the Super Bowl and, you know, win uh, without necessarily having the dominant uh, force that uh, was those Tom Brady Patriots teams. Um, and also to, you know, win without the Hall of Fame level head coaches that Brady's had. Um, but if Brady takes, you know, Bruce Arians's bucks to the Super Bowl, I'll definitely have to reconsider. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I mean, no matter how much you hate Brady, which uh, pretty much everyone in the Seattle area does, you got to root for the old man. I mean, I, I think I think the Bucks are going to pull it out just because of the experience. And I'm getting some deja vu here from back when Seattle made the Super Bowl in 2014, right? Russell yeah. Wilson just came off of the Super Bowl. He's playing really good. And then I think at the last second, Brady's going to crush um, Mahomes again. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this should, by the way, uh, be a very well-coached matchup. Bruce Arians, uh, obviously one of the best offensive minds the league has seen in a long time. He actually worked uh, with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. Um, and, you know, he still calls uh, Andrew Luck, by the way, the greatest quarterback he's ever coached. So just some, some Andrew Luck uh, praise on your radio. But um, that's besides the point. Bruce Arians... 
is uh, probably one of, if not the best offensive coaches in the NFC. And Andy Reid is definitely the best offensive coach in the AFC. So uh, we should see, you know, uh, if the coaching staffs both decide to open the game up and get aggressive, we should see a shootout. What about some predictions, like score-wise? What do you guys think it's going to end up looking like? All right, I'll um I'll try my hand at predicting. Um, now, if you've been listening to the show a while, you know how bad I am at picking the Sunday night games. The Super Bowl is technically Sunday night football, so take whatever I say with you know a whole carton of salt. But um, I'm gonna say that um in a that in a you know battle between two very evenly matched teams, two teams that are definitely built with the offense first, and then um a defense that's, you know, stingy and can bend and not break. I'm going to say my final score, um, I'm going to go with 41-38 to 38 Kansas City. And I think that uh, Andy Reid, uh, I think that he's, his clock management is what winds up winning the game, which has been a common knock on Andy Reid is his inability to manage the clock throughout his career. But I think that he's going to do it well in this game. I think he's going to beat Bruce Arians in the chess match that this game will certainly be. Um, and I think Mahomes will um, get the Chiefs into field goal range to end the game. And I don't think Butker will miss. No, he does not miss much. Uh, Sai, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to say something along the lines of 35 to 38. I feel like it'll be really close, uh, one by a field goal. But uh, I think it's going to be the Bucks winning. Because at the end of the day, I feel like Tom Brady and all the weapons he has, like the running backs too, um, you got Fournette. Yeah, that's I – don't, I don't know how the Chiefs are going to win. Well, uh, last show – Last show, I predicted that uh, the Bucks would win the Super Bowl, and I don't really want to go back on my word. And mind you, that was before they actually beat the Packers in the divisional. So now that they've won, I'm still gonna keep with the Bucks. I think Brady has just such a great track record, and certainly not a great person to bet against. So I'm gonna go Bucks by, I'll go Bucks by like ten. I think maybe like 35, 25, maybe not that exact score, but something along the lines of that. I could Bucks see by happening. 10. Wow, somebody's confident. Fairly, yeah. I hope All they right. win, honestly. I kind of like the Bucks. I don't know. I've been a fan of Bruce Arians for a long time. Ever since he coached the Cardinals and was, you know, uh, consistently able to work magic with, you know, million-year-old Carson Palmer tearing his ACL pretty much every year, um, I've, you know, really been a fan of Bruce Arians. I... It was to the point where when he uh, retired from coaching the Cardinals, I was actually sad, even though he was beating the Seahawks every year. I mean, Bruce Arians' teams are fun to watch. Um, they're definitely, you know, fun to root for, uh, even when they're in your division. And he's he's just an entertaining coach. I mean, it's it sucks that the Cardinals franchise just gave him all the bad luck he did, you know, having to deal with a coaching a team led by a backup quarterback almost every year of his career. I mean, the list of guys who took snaps for Bruce Arians under the Cardinals, it's huge. I mean, do you guys remember Kevin Kolb? Not, not really, no. Exactly. I mean, Kevin Kolb, uh, who else? Who else started? Blaine Gabbert actually worked his way. He was the starter for, um, for, the, for Arians' final game. He actually beat the Seattle Seahawks in his, in his final game. Uh, Drew Stanton. He had Rosen in there Palmer. too, right? Uh, Rosen was drafted after, uh, 
Arian's jump oh, ship. Okay. So it was that same off season. So Arian's retired after the 2017 season. Rosen was drafted in 18, and uh, Sam Bradford was actually also the quarterback of that team for for a few for a few games. Um, I believe he left with an injury too. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the Cardinals. I um, I'm also pretty sure Brian Hoyer made some starts for them. Uh. Yeah, it was it was it was bleak. Um, but now that Arians has had a chance to work with a quarterback as talented as Brady, it's you know clear what the results are. I think Bruce Arians has been one of the most slept on coaches in the NFL this decade. Yeah, I think that's agreeable. But I don't know. I think this game will certainly prove it. And he does have weapons this year. I mean, I don't think you could chalk it all up to him, considering Brady is probably the best quarterback in the league. He's still got a fairly good defense and. You know, you got Evans, Gronk, Godwin. There's some weapons out there. The running backs aren't even that bad, too. There's weaponry. But if we really want to know um, about the Bruce Arians effect, um, I'm going to ask you again to look at those Cardinals teams. In um, in Carson Palmer's last year, which he only played two games of, they went 8-8 eight and eight with, um, with Drew Stanton for six games and Blaine Gabbert for eight games. And they had Palmer for the first two before he, you know, blew his Achilles up. They also had uh, David Johnson for about four games, um, and they got a whole season out of Larry Fitzgerald. So... They had so those uh, Bruce Arians Cardinals had a decrepit offense, um, filled with a bunch of you know backups and practice squad guys, guys who are not even on rosters. Um, it was it was a bunch of nobodies on that offense. They still went eight and eight and managed to beat the Rams, who won the division that year. They managed to split that series and almost swept them. Um, then when um, then when Arians left in twenty eighteen. The Cardinals uh, drafted Josh Rosen, let him start. Um, they got a whole year of David Johnson, um, and then we went three and thirteen. So that that was the difference. Is that a better team won five fewer games? I Arians is a is a magician. He's a great coach, and he should be respected as such. That's true. I think yeah, putting it that way certainly makes him look better. But yeah. I guess we're gonna find out this weekend. I'm super yeah. excited for the game. I know with COVID can't really do a whole lot, but I'm going to be watching it. Hopefully eating something good, but no parties, unfortunately. Yeah. No, no, no yeah. parties, no parties. Um, kind of sad. I really enjoyed, I, uh, I really enjoy having people over to my house for the Super Bowl. It's the one time a year I get to make ribs. Yeah. It's almost like a tradition mm-hmm. at this point. I feel like I always bring nachos too, or maybe yeah. that was just last year. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. it's, it's Super Bowl. Super Bowl at my house is fun. Exactly. Not, not happening this year because of COVID, but like, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, February seventh, save the date. Yeah, February seventh, save the date. Sit in front of your TV and eat salty foods and do nothing. All right, we're uh, we're gonna go to break. Uh, we'll be back in just a bit on the water break. Keep listening to eighty-eight nine, the bridge for more music and conversation that spans generations. Welcome back to the water break on eighty-eight nine, the bridge. We're gonna be taking a look. We were talking uh, between segments about what the quarterback market could look like this off season. Um, uh, and uh, it's there's a lot of accounts. There's I think this has got to be the off season where the most like bad starting quarterbacks have been on the market for a long time, right? I mean, think about all the dominoes who've still yet to fall. Cam Newton, free agent. Mitch Trubisky, free agent. Jameis Winston, free agent. Um, you know, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, free agent. There's a lot of guys out there who could you know go and get got. 
Yeah, and there's a lot yeah. of teams that are going to need new quarterbacks after this year too. So yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see where people go. The retirements of uh, Philip Rivers and Drew Brees are both leaving, you know, a couple of playoff teams with questions around their quarterback. Yeah, and I think Brady and Rodgers can't be too far behind them, as well as Roethlisberger. I can't yeah. imagine. I mean, if Brady plays another year, props to him, but I just really can't see that happening. I don't know. I could totally see Brady. He did sign a two-year contract. He's got one more year left. Yeah, but I think I think if Brady wins this year, he might retire, though. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. If, if I'm Brady, you sign that two-year contract to maybe play it through, because you can't assume you're going to win a Super Bowl in your first year, but you can have a chance at it. I think if he wins the bowl this year, I think he's out. He's Tom I, Brady. Have you ever known Tom him to Brady. quit? That's true. Yeah. Remember when it? Remember when he like blew up his knee in twenty, like two thousand and nine, and people said he was done. <laughs> that's you know, true. Matt Castle started for a year, went ten and six. People were like, ah, system quarterback. He'll be retired by the end of the year. Remember after Deflategate when people said he was done? He should have been done after that. Yeah. yeah. And now he's 43, still tearing it up. You, I mean, Vinny Testaverde started a game at 45 years old. Yeah, still... I, I feel like he'll always have like a couple things on his record. You know how in baseball, if you do like you get caught doing steroids once, no matter what you do for like the rest of your career, you're never going to make it to the Hall of Fame. Like wasn't Barry Bonds a big issue because people wanted to get him in the Hall of Fame, but because he did steroids, they wouldn't let him. Uh, Yeah. It was the real egregious example of this is Pete Rose. Pete Rose was one of the greatest baseball players of his time. He's still the all-time hits leader, 4,256 hits. Um, but he's not in the Hall of Fame because he got banned from baseball during his managing career. Um, he got caught uh, betting on games. and So it wasn't even like, that, like PEDs that made him do it. It was just a bet that he made on a game. Yeah, it was a well, it was a bet made on the game that he managed, and he bet on his own team. That's sad. Yeah. Oh, that kind of sucks. So and yeah, not in the Hall of Fame. Like um, I feel like they should yeah. be punished for that, but you shouldn't revoke the chance that they have at Hall of Fame. Like I don't know. Well, that's you're the betting thing. on your own team. That's the thing. Uh, in the baseball Hall of Fame, in the in the football Hall of Fame, you can go in as a player. Um, and as a coach, but in baseball, you can only go as like a player and a coach, right? Like you can't go as both, you mm. know, if you are a player who becomes a coach later, you're inducted into the hall of fame as both. Like, uh, when Edgar got added to the hall of fame a couple years ago, he was added in as, you know, Seattle Mariners DH from 1993 to 04, I believe. And also their hitting coach from 2017 to 18. So that's what it says, like on his Hall of Fame plaque, you know, Interesting. And so if Pete Rose were to go to the Hall of Fame, he'd go in as, you know, a longtime power hitter for the Cincinnati Reds and then the manager for the Cincinnati Reds. And you don't want to have to put manager on a plaque when he got banned from baseball forever for for uh, betting on his team. That's true. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're if they're going to ban for something like that. I feel like what the Astros did would be just as bad or even worse oh nobody from the astros is getting into the hall of fame yeah but it, they're not getting banned from the game they're None not the getting coaching, i'm sure the coaching staff was all in on it um the coaching staff did actually get uh like suspensions for a year and it wasn't my personal opinion is that it wasn't enough what happened to houston um maybe i'm just you know a conflicted seattle fan who saw them beat the mariners a bunch of times um you know, and while I do consider myself a Cardinals fan, I can definitely root for the Mariners, and I want them to succeed. Um, 
And I, you know, think that if you get caught cheating, you you should get thrown out of the game. It's this, you know, Pete Rose was thrown out of the game for cheating. Uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson was thrown out of the game because he was suspected of cheating. He wasn't even cheating. If you guys, I think it was a couple of years ago on this show, I did a history lesson on uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson. Cy, were you there for that? No, I don't think so. No? Yes, I had to have been a couple of years back. Um, but I will i can't imagine everyone listening to this show has been listening since 2018, so I'll tell the story again. Um, Shoeless Joe Jackson was um, an infielder for the Chicago White Sox team uh, that got uh, caught throwing the World Series. They were um, afflicted with like some, some mob dealings in Chicago. And, uh, you know, through the game to make a bunch of money because their manager uh, wouldn't pay them any money and made them like pay for their own laundry and stuff. Incredibly stingy dude. Um, but Shoeless Joe Jackson was never like a part of the conspiracy to throw the game. Um, he was just on the team and he got thrown out with all of the rest of his uh, with his his teammates. Um, because like just by association, you know, and because he couldn't prove that he didn't throw the game because he was illiterate you know yeah yeah Uh, that's kind of unfortunate there's just nothing he could do there but at the same time yeah there was there was it was you know again it was uh it was like 1920 and it was in chicago so there was a lot of like classism thrown into the mix uh shoeless joe jackson came from a very poor background he was a southern farmer raised by a bunch of southern farmers and he was again illiterate the dude could not read there's only like three copies of his signature because he couldn't write it's yeah imagine having one of those yeah, it's yeah, yeah. If you've got a copy of uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson's autograph, um, it's almost as valuable as William Shakespeare's autograph. Um, you know, if you're an autograph hunter, Shoeless Joe Jackson—that's your name to look for. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, that's that's the story of Shoeless Joe, and he was thrown out of the game forever for like being suspected of cheating. Um, and if you look at his performances from those World Series, you know, he was the only player to homer in the entire World Series. Um, he hit in the 400s for those for those four games. It was a four game sweep. The White Sox lost to the Reds. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's insanity what the sport of baseball has done about cheating and then to turn around and not banish the Astros forever. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. George Springer yeah. from the Houston Astros just signed a, you know, multi, like a hundred million dollar deal to go play in, in Toronto. Um, everyone from their coaching staff has served their suspension and their manager and bench coach are now uh, head coaches again. Not at the yeah. Astros, but they're still, but they're in charge. Yeah, it's still, I don't know. Oh, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. I'm sure there's lots of different ways to look at it, but yeah, yeah I'm not a huge fan of G, especially on a professional level. It just ruins the integrity of the game. Yeah, especially. I mean, and I mean, cheating in baseball have always been bedfellows, but like, imagine if something like that were to happen in the NFL, like something more serious. This is like if, um, this is what happened with Houston would be like if Bountygate and Deflategate had happened the same year by a head coach and 12 defensive players. Yeah, that'd be yeah. pretty, it'd be pretty crazy. Yeah. It'd be pretty crazy. Imagine if like, instead of just uh, Greg Williams, like, it would be everybody on that Saints team getting fired. Sean Payton getting fired. It'd probably put a black mark on Breeze's legacy, even though he wouldn't have had anything to do with it. It'd be it'd be crazy. 
All right, I'm sorry. I'm I'm done. I'm done ranting about cheating. What were you gonna (laughs) say? Yeah, that's a weird topic. Speaking of the Saints, where do you guys think Jameis will go if he doesn't stay there? Hmm. Good question. To be honest, if he doesn't play for the Saints, I can't see him being more than a backup in the coming years. And I think maybe if he were to get a starter position, he'd start the season as a backup and maybe work his way up due to injuries or just a bad quarterback in front of him. But I don't think he could get a starting job aside from the Saints. I think we'll see this offseason. I think we'll see a couple of teams try a quarterback competition with a lot of, you know, pretty good quarterbacks in the draft and a lot of pretty okay, you know, like fringe starters and high-ranked backups on the open market. I think we should see a lot of teams try to do a quarterback competition similar to what Seattle did in Russell Wilson's rookie year. Yeah. What What do you guys think about Washington, though? Washington football team? I think you could go there. I don't know. I think, I think the football team has their 2021 quarterback in-house. I mean, uh, Taylor Heineke balled out in the playoffs, and he's earned at least a roster spot with the football team next season and their coach ron rivera who by the way congratulations to ron rivera for being declared cancer free has been uh very high on kyle allen in the past who's you know still in-house uh for the football team so they'll be back hopefully with a name um you know i mean they they need to figure out a, a mascot and some uniforms uh before they can figure out their quarterback but i i think I think the I think the 2021 quarterback of the football team is in house. Yeah, I agree, and I think even if it isn't Heineke, I think he deserves at least a shot to start in a couple games next year. Yeah, uh, just to kind of see if that was a fluke or maybe they've got their guy. So, I I'd, I'd really like because I always like seeing the dude that just comes in randomly start to succeed and then actually get a starting spot, which is really cool stories. Yeah, definitely. So, I think yeah. another another site of a of a quarterback battle though, like you know could be New England. I mean, uh, Belichick's really been uh, coy about naming his any of his starters. And uh, even uh, last year, he had three different guys uh, take starting reps. You know, Cam Newton, Brian Hoyer, and Jared Stidham. And Hoyer and Newton are both free agents. Um, but, you know, there could be some free agents brought in to New England, and they could look for a quarterback picking at number 15. Mm-hmm. Right, so there, there could be a battle there. Um, and also in Chicago, too. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know about the Chicago. I think definitely not going back to Trubisky. I, they've tried him. I think you got to give a quarterback like three years to see if he's good or if he's, he's not. And I think they've given him more time than they probably should have. And I don't really know who they're going to go for uh, this year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll probably look to the draft. Um, they're picking in the middle of the first round. So there should be some quarterback there they could take a flyer on. Or if they really like a guy, they could trade up and go get him. Maybe move into the Dolphins spot um, if Miami's looking to trade back. So to kind of wrap it up, what do you guys think about Deshaun Watson and his possible landing spaces? Do you think he's going to stay in Houston or do you think he'll uh, try and move somewhere else? I don't know if the Jags will be able to, or the Jags, I don't know if the uh, Texans will be able to move him. I mean, I know that he's talked about New York as a destination, but I don't know if New York would be willing to pull the trigger, right? I mean, they've got the number two pick, um, but they don't have like a lot of young talent to rally around it. And they're not really in a position where they should be giving away multiple first round picks, right? 
Yeah, I don't think mm -hmm. it would be the right move for them uh, rebuild-wise. I think they need to get younger players. They need to start building a core. Because if you bring Deshaun Watson onto that team and forfeit a bunch of your picks, yeah, yeah, maybe your record will go up a couple wins, uh, but you're probably not making the playoffs, and I don't think they're going to be a real contender until they can add a defense. It's my opinion that when you're trading away your first-round picks in the NFL, you're saying... I don't think that I'll be able to lose enough games to draft anybody important with these picks. You know, that's mm -hmm. basically when you trade two first round picks, at least one of them should be in the 20s. You know, and that's um and that's why, you know, trades of multiple first round picks like when uh when Seattle gave up two first rounders to go and get, or gave up a first round pick to go and get like Jimmy Graham, I was fine with that because they probably weren't going to get a player any better than Jimmy Graham picking at number thirty one overall. Yeah, you know, you know what I could see? I could see Watson going to the Niners actually trading nah. for like Garoppolo and maybe some picks. I don't know. I feel like that team would be really dangerous. I mean, either I mean, him or maybe Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers was on the Niners. Very bad news for the Seahawks. That'd be so. That'd be a really weird like cycle of parody if um after Aaron Rodgers like blew up at the Niners on draft night for picking Alex Smith over him first overall. It'd be really weird if he wound up finishing his career there. I cannot imagine him in a Niners jersey. It just seems so wrong. Yeah, me either. The San Francisco 49ers quarterback is Alex Smith. David Carr is the backup. It's it's not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah yeah well all right well that's gonna be about it from us at the water break um thank you guys for listening to us i uh hope your friday is going great and i hope you have a happy weekend thank you for listening to 88.9 the bridge and please stay tuned for more music and conversation that spans generations we out